Amen. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and the participation of His sufferings becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. In verse 14, I press on toward the goal and win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. For just a few moments this morning, I want to preach from you, preach to you from three simple words. Burn the ships. Burn the ships. Raise your hands towards heaven one time and in your own voice. Lord Jesus, we worship you. God, we thank you for your spirit that has entered into this room. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself in a powerful and fresh way to us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would let your spirit just minister right now. I pray, God, that this word would find good ground to grow on. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd hide me behind the cross and don't let them see me, but let them see you. God, I pray they wouldn't hear my voice, but they would hear your voice this morning. God, I pray that you would just let your will be done. I pray that your spirit and your glory would fall and saturate this place right now. And God, I pray you would shake the very foundation on which we stand. In all things, we honor you, we worship you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, put your hands together all across this house. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and praise Him for just one moment. God, You're so good. God, we worship You. God, we magnify You. There's none like You, Jesus. Faithful are You, O God. And I'm thankful for You today, Lord. Thankful for You. As you're being seated, greet somebody next to You. Amen. Thank You for Your worship. It's beautiful. The Spirit of the Lord that's in this room is, is beautiful. And I believe that God is going to do some very special things through the next few minutes. Not because I'm an amazing preacher. Not because I, I know all the scriptures, you know, chapter and verse. But because He desires to know His children. Because He desires to have a relationship with us and see change come into our lives. And so I believe that through the next few moments, God's going to do some very special things. And with that, I believe that there are unique callings and anointings and God designed in everyone's life. I believe that it's as unique as a fingerprint, so is the purpose and destiny of our lives unique to us. I believe that it is with great purpose and intention that God places callings on people's lives. We find all through Scripture moments where God called and people answered. Paul on the road to Damascus. Peter and Andrew by the Sea of Galilee. David with the prophet Samuel. Esther was called. Moses was called. Joshua was called. On and on the list goes. And at some point in everyone's life, there will be a moment where God calls and we are given the choice whether or not we will answer. 
The scripture says that many are called, but few are chosen. And there is such a blessing that comes into our lives when we accept the unique calling and gifting that God has extended to us. I have watched both sides of this coin occur. I have watched the calling of God go forth on people's lives and I've seen them respond to it. I have watched the life of blessing that they have lived. I have watched the powerful ministries that they have had because they accepted the call. But I have also watched people who were talented and gifted run away from their calling. I have watched as they have done their very best to deny it. To get away from it. I have watched as they have lived their lives in a manner that is unfulfilled and void of peace. Because they ran from the call. Now accepting the call does not mean that life will be easy. In fact, it is quite the contrary. There will be moments in life where it feels like everything around us is breaking and shattering. Where it, moments that feel like we are losing our minds. Moments where we begin to question whether or not we were truly called. And it's in those moments that if we're not careful, we will begin to tell ourselves that God never called us. I made that up. I was just, I was, I was emotional. I was out of my mind. I was just in my own head. I missed it. I just made it up. And we will allow the enemy of our souls to harp on those lies. We will listen when he reminds us of who we were before we came to God. And he tries to remind us of those failures, of those struggles, of those addictions. And he tries to convince us that there is no place in the kingdom for someone like me. God could never use someone who's broken. God could never use someone with hurts and pain. God could never use somebody with struggles. Someone who's lived through adversity. Someone who used to get drunk and shoot up. Someone who was a midnight rambler. Someone who gambled everything they had away. He will use moments from our lives and decisions we made that we are not proud of as ammunition to try and dissuade us from what God has called us to do. He will try to get you to believe that God made a mistake. But let me tell somebody something this morning. God does not make mistakes. He never has and He never will. I've come to tell somebody in this house this morning that God has called you for such a time as this. There is a purpose for your life. There is a destiny for your life. There is hope and there is peace for you. You are not a mistake. You are not a failure. You are not an accident. But you are a child of God who He has called out of darkness into His marvelous light. He called you on purpose. Why? Because there is nobody like you. He called you because you have a unique gifting and you have a unique abilities. But you have to embrace the journey. A called life is a blessed life. It doesn't mean that you're going to have millions of dollars in the bank. It doesn't mean you'll drive the nicest cars. It doesn't mean that you will eat at the finest of restaurants or go on the most luxurious of trips. But what it does mean is that you will live a life that is fulfilled. He will live a life of value, a life of meaning, a life of joy and happiness, and a life of peace. 
It's the kind of life that one day when you're laying on your deathbed, you won't look back and have any regrets of what could have been, what should have been, had I only done this, had I listened to God when He called me to preach the Gospel, had I only responded in that altar service, had I, had I listened to the call to go to the mission field, had I just reached for that person at a gas station. Following after the call will save you from a lifetime filled with regret. Yes, there will be difficult times. Life happens. But when you are able to walk through those times knowing God is on your side, knowing that even when you make a mistake or when tragedy strikes, you can stand tall and know that He who called you is faithful. Because He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But He will walk with you. And He will be with you every step of the way because that is who He is. And I've come to preach to somebody this morning who is wrestling with the call of God on your life and you're not sure what to do. You want to serve God, but you're scared out of your mind to go all in. But I am telling you right now, you will never once regret giving everything that you have to Him. You will never as long as you live regret saying yes to God, but you have to embrace the journey. Pastor is a testament to it. I guarantee you 31 years ago, looking back over his life now, not one moment does he regret saying yes that night. Not one moment will he ever regret going down in that water. Not one moment will he ever regret when God called out to him and saved him from a life of darkness and pain and hurt. And God will do the same for you. But he's asking you to embrace the journey. But the issue that we run into is that we psych ourselves out because we know that stepping into God's calling means that we are going to experience radical change in our life. And change is scary. I don't think there's anyone who truly likes change because creature, humans are creatures of habit. We like our routines. We like our plans. We like the way that we do things just so. I know it's true for me. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of change in most cases. In fact, I'm quite sentimental. Um, I actually follow a page on Instagram called Your Past Reality, and all it posts is pictures from the late 90s and early 2000s, and makes me sad. But I'm sentimental. I love the, the way that things were when I was growing up, the nostalgia. I love thinking about the way that we used to do things. Why? Because it's familiar. And familiar feels safe. And when you introduce change, you introduce a whole new set of things that could at any moment blow up in your face. At least that's what your mind tells you. And if not careful, we will convince ourselves to stay boxed in to the things that were at one time great, but not so much anymore. Corded phones in the kitchen that reached all the way across the house were awesome back in the day, but that would not be as effective now. TiVo was amazing in 1999, but now I have Prime Video. Cassette tapes and boom boxes and Walkmans were awesome, but now I have thousands of songs and podcasts with me in my pocket anywhere I go. Times change. Technology changes. The world changes. And at one time, all those things were familiar. They were just a part of our way of life. But life goes on. And so it is with our spiritual walks. We can get ourselves so boxed in because 
this is how we've always done church. Or Sister Candy, this is how we've always sang this song. Why are you doing it a new way? This is what time we've always started service. I could go on, but the point I'm trying to make is that you cannot allow the fear of the unknown to stop you from pressing forward into divine purpose. You can't stay stuck where you are just because it is familiar. Don't allow yourself this morning to be robbed of joy and peace in your life because you're chained to a false sense of security and safety. Because familiarity does not always equal security. You walk around sad and depressed, anxious, upset, angry, wondering why this hasn't happened or that hasn't happened yet. Why, God, have you not moved me into this new season? Why have you not done this for me, God? Why have you not opened this door or that door? But maybe God is trying to get your attention and say, Hey, I am waiting on you to step out and trust me. I'm waiting on you to move. I'm waiting on you to learn in this season what you're going to need for the next season. It is the moment that we trust God enough to let go of the reins and stop trying to control our own fate. It is that moment that God will change everything. When you stop running from God, you are going to feel peace like you have never felt in your life. But I know what's best for me. We try to tell ourselves that. We act like we know better than God. We act like we know more than Him. And it would be so foolish of me at 25 years of age to think that I know more than God. I was born on Friday, May the 8th, 1998 in Zanesville, Ohio. God doesn't have a birthday. So I think He knows a couple more things than I do. And we can't allow ourselves to think that we're able to do anything without Him. I will never have enough power on my own. I will never have enough strength on my own. I'll never have enough peace when I have excluded Him from my life. I will never have joy unspeakable and full of glory if He is not present. It's like that old song that says, I can't even walk without Him holding my hand. Listen, you've heard me preach. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If we don't have Jesus, we don't have anything. If God is not present in our lives, our life is meaningless and without use. We have got to have Jesus above all else. There was a poet who wrote in one of his works, he said, I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. More foolish words have never been spoken. Without Him, we are nothing. Without Him, we are hopeless. And without Him, we are helpless. I know it's scary to step out of your comfort zone. I know that the idea of embracing a new reality is daunting. I know that sometimes we feel like we're safe because in our minds we have it all figured out. But I also know that mindset will be lethal in the long run. Because you cannot expect to live a prosperous life while at the same time denying the one who causes you to prosper. We cannot be so risk averse that we stay stuck in a cycle of familiarity because we're scared of where God is calling us to. We have got to trust in Him. 
We have got to make decisions and embrace change. Embrace a new reality. Embrace the mission of going forward into the unknown. Embrace what God is calling us to even though we can't quite see it. Even though I don't know quite what it looks like. If God has called me to it, then I can trust it. Because God has brought me this far. He has authored my story up to this point. And if He's written all those chapters, I can trust that He will write the chapters in front of me. Choices, decisions. A long time ago, several hundred years in fact, there was a great warrior with a mighty armada of men under his command. And this, this great warrior, this great commander in general, he was faced with a rather interesting conquest in front of him. You see, there was a nation who for 600 years had an unblemished record of guarding the most precious gold, jewels, rubies, and precious metals the world had ever seen. Countless forces had tried to go to this nation and to siege them and to capture this great treasure. And this particular group of men, this particular armada, they were a hundred and no, let's just say. They had never been defeated. Everywhere they had gone, every conquest they had journeyed on, they had succeeded in their task. These were the greatest warriors in the world. But they were going against the greatest warriors in the world. And so they set sail on a month's long journey. And at the beginning of the journey... They were excited. We're going to go to this place. We're going to get another victory. We're going to take all this treasure. We're going to be rich. We can retire. It's going to be great. And then month three on the ocean comes in and they start complaining. And their lieutenants are trying to remind them of what they're heading towards. I know it's frustrating right now. I know it's, it's just overwhelming at the moment. But we've come too far to turn back now. And so the men calm down. A few more weeks goes by. And they wake up and they go to the deck of the ship and they see the shoreline of this distant country. They had made it. Later that day, they made landfall. They put their ships into a harbor. They got out onto the beach. And that complaining started coming back. I know that we're undefeated up to this point, but these guys have been undefeated for 600 years. It's kind of scary. I don't know if I want to do this. I think that we should just get back on the boats. I think that we should go home. And that murmuring started to take place. And it started to get a hold of these men, and a defeatist mindset came into that group. And the captain heard all this. He was just standing back. He let it happen for a little while. And as his lieutenants are trying to calm the men down and remind them of the mission and put the vision back in front of them, the captain walks up and he stares at everybody. And he's silent. And he breaks the silence with three words. Burn the ships. And I can imagine that those men looked around and said, burn the what? How else are we going to get home if we burn the ships? He said, if we go home, we go home on their ships. He said, 
we have to make a decision right now. And so what they do, they burnt the ships. And he looked at that group of warriors and he said, you see that smoke going up? That means that we cannot leave these shores alive unless we win. We have no choice now. We win or we perish. And they won. And I'm preaching to somebody right now who stands at a decision. Before you lies the place that God has called you to. It is an unknown wild blue yonder that you cannot imagine and you cannot quite see beyond its horizon. You can't tell what lies beyond where your vision fails. But behind you is everything you've known. It is that false sense of security. It's comfortable. What are you going to do? What choice are you going to make? There's no more skirting the question. Today is the day you have to make a decision. No more games. Are you in or are you out? Are you the person who isn't willing to trust God or are you the one who is willing to burn the ships? The one who is willing to journey forward into the unknown that understands that familiarity is not worth missing what God has. I'm asking if there's anybody in this church this morning that's willing to burn the ships, who is not willing to retreat, who is ready to abandon the idea of retreat. It is high time, church, that we buy in. It's time to say that retreat is not an option. I will not turn back. I will not allow myself to fall back into my old ways. I will not allow comfort and fear of the unknown to rob me of the victory God has laid before me. I'm going to burn the ships. I refuse to leave myself with any other option than completely trusting in Him. I refuse to allow my fear of failure to deny me my destiny. I refuse to allow the hurt to kill me. I have decided to follow Jesus even when it doesn't make sense. Even when every bone in my body is screaming to turn around and run. Even when it feels like it's over. I'm going to stand up and say no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because He who called me is faithful. This is the year, church, that we stand. Our pastor shared the vision for this church this year. And this is the year that we stand. This is the year we stand tall. This is the year we stand courageous. This is the year we stand faithful. And this is the year we stand united. This is the year we refuse to allow fear to control our lives. This is the year that we burn the ships because there is no retreat. There is no surrender. There is no going back. There is no quitting. There is only pressing forward. There is only forward movement. There was a fictional president who stood before an army. And in just a few short hours, they were going to face the greatest battle that the world had ever seen. It's one of the most impactful speeches in cinema that I've ever heard in my life. And it's a long monologue, but in brief he says, We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We are going to live on. And we are going to survive. 
And I think that fits with us this year. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not be denied what God has purposed for us. We will not be refused the anointing and the calling and the power that He has given for us. We will not die in our dilemma, but we are going to survive no matter how bleak the odds, no matter how insurmountable it may seem. We shall live and not die. As we stand all across this house and the musicians make their way, I'm almost done. Who is going to burn the ships today? And what ships are you going to burn? Hurt? Anger? Bitterness? Malice? Contempt? Let me just tell somebody in this place this morning, if I can preach to you where we're at right now. It is time to let go of the past. And it is time to let go of what that person did to you. I know it hurt. I know it was painful. I know they left. And I know they probably didn't care about the way it made you feel. And in no way am I excusing their actions. And I am not minimizing the way that it makes you feel. But you cannot allow yourself to become a prisoner to the hurts of the past. It is not the will of God for you to be miserable. It is not the will of God for you to constantly be angry and upset. It is not the will of God for you to live hurt. But hear me, God cannot heal your hurt if you won't give it to Him. You can say that you don't want to be this way. You can say, I don't want to act like this anymore. I don't want to carry this guilt and shame with me the rest of my life until you're blue in the face. But until you truly let it go and give that hurt to Him, nothing will change. God is calling you forward, but you cannot take the weight of the past with you. Because there is no room for the past in your future. If you want to move forward, there's only one option. You have to burn the ships. There is no plan B. There is no place for an escape plan. There is no other way than forward. Going back is not an option. You will never see revival with leaving on your mind. You will never see healing with leaving on your mind. You will never see breakthrough or victory if leaving is on your mind. And I have come to plead with somebody in this house to cut ties to the past. Burn those ships. Burn those bridges. I am begging somebody to leave the past behind and step forward into calling, into blessing, into purpose, destiny, anointing, and everything that God has for your life. But you cannot do it halfway. You can't ride the fence. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. There are no free agents in this thing. James said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now is the time to make up your mind. What are you going to do? Are you going to trust Him? Or are you going to keep trying to do it on your own?
Are you going to burn the ships? Or are you going to cling on to a false sense of security? Author Mark Batterson said, nine times out of ten, failure is resorting to plan B when plan A gets too risky, too costly, or too difficult. That's why most people are living their plan B. They didn't burn the ships. Plan A people don't have a plan B. There are moments in life when we need to burn the ships to our past. We do so by making a defining decision that will eliminate the possibility of selling back to the old world we left behind. You burn the ships named past failure and past success. You burn the ship named bad habit. You burn the ship named regret. And you burn the ship named guilt. And you burn the ship named my old life. And when you finally make the decision to leave the past behind and step into your God-given calling and anointing, you will experience God in a way that you never thought possible. When you truly trust Him, and as the Scripture says, leaning not to your own understanding, but acknowledging Him in all your ways, He will direct your path. My question is, is simple this morning. What choice will you make? Are you going to stay in the familiar or are you going to burn the ships? Are you going to allow fear to rob you or are you going to embark on a new journey forward with Him? I don't really have anything else to preach this morning. Everything I have tried to convey to you is simply to get you to the point where you make a decision. Do you really want Him? Do you really want to know Him? Do you really want to step into your calling, into your destiny, and into your purpose? If you want to stay where you are, that's fine. I can't do anything about that. That's your choice. I can't make it for you. But I'm preaching to somebody right now who is wrestling with the call of God on your life. I'm preaching to the person who has allowed hurt, bitterness, and anger to rule their life and cut them off from every person who wants to be with them. I'm preaching to the person who's tried to live half in and half out. I'm preaching to the person who fears the unknown of the future and are chained by the false sense of security that is your comfort zone. We stand on a great shore this morning. We stand in a place of decision. And it's a simple decision. Are you going to burn the ships and go all in? Or are you going to turn around and retreat and never know what God wants to do through you? This altar is open right now. And I'm inviting every person in this room to take a step of faith forward to this altar and to make a decision. Come on, it's okay. I wish we would all come to this altar right now and find a place to stand or kneel, whatever you want to do. But the time to make a decision is now. There is no more waiting. There's no more playing games. There is no more playing with the idea of going back because I cannot go back to where I came from. You have got to choose this day who you're going to serve. I have come with an announcement this morning. It is time to burn the ships.